It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. It is the Fantasy Points Podcast, and it is week six of the 2021 NFL season. My name is Joe Dolan. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. We're going to run down the injuries and the waiver wire first with Edwin Porras, Doctor of Physical Therapy, our injury expert at FantasyPoints.com and one of Twitter's resident injury experts. I think he is really building a name for himself there. And then, of course, after the break, we'll break down the waiver wire, the fantasy implications with Mr. Tom Brawley of FantasyPoints.com. Edwin, it's good to be with you this morning. You have a week-long hangover going, so we're recording this uh, a little bit later than typical, but uh, it's good to be with you, my friend. It's good to be with you, Joe. And um, yeah, I think we're going to walk through these injuries and we'll tell everybody, all the listeners, you know, spider two, why, uh, bye-bye and go to the waiver wire and pick up all these, uh, all these, all these. All right. Yeah. Talk about something that, uh, yeah, well that will be covered on other podcasts. Um, we're going to talk fantasy. Obviously the John Gruden situation is disgusting and awful and pretty gross. That was pretty gross. Pretty gross. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Pretty gross. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Let's get into the injuries. (laughs) Uh, so Edwin, there was a lot this week. We're not going to get to all of them because you literally sent me a list of like a million people. Let's get to the guys who I think have the most fantasy implications. Maybe guys who there might be some questions about and look, the vibes for the giants have been bad since the off season. I actually think they've been better in season than they were in the off season. However, the giants are just injured. Like the giants are injured. Uh, Everybody went down in week two, in week five. Uh, uh, obviously, Saquon Barkley with the ankle, Daniel Jones with the concussion, Canarius Tony with a knee thing, Kenny Galladay with a knee thing. Um, I, who do you know about? Let's start with Saquon because, based on your analysis, it seems like this injury had more bark than bite. Like that, it looked worse than you think it is. I see what you did there, Joe. You're finally catching on. A little more bark than by did yeah. not i honestly did not even think of that you absolutely <laughs> did you know you did okay so no this is not a very serious injury based on what i saw and based on what ian rapport is finally reporting initially rapport did come out and say this could be a two to four week injury then he came back on nfl live i believe it was and discussed that it would actually be only a one to two week injury following the mri that means they did not find any fractures they did not find any significant tissue damage Joe, this is just a run-of-the-mill, rolled his ankle. It was a freak accident. I don't think anybody's saying this, but I'll get ahead of it. This has zero, and absolutely zero, I mean zero to do with anything that, that the ACL has yeah. has to do with. So don't don't let anybody tell you that. This is a totally different injury, totally different situation. But all he did was roll his ankle. The swelling on the sideline is normal. People were freaking out about the swelling. I get it. Now, I'm not Saquon Barkley. And I never claimed to be, and I won't be. And right now, I feel like Bill from accounting, who always tells me about his, his high school injuries and compares himself to a, an NFL athlete. Nonetheless, I'll do it anyway. I had very similar type of swelling uh, after a basketball game rolling my ankle. It's just common. It's normal. It's a, it's a normal tissue healing response. The average return to time play for a regular inversion, you know, grade one sprain is about seven days. So even though Rappaport reported, you know, this is going to be a one to two week injury, I don't expect it to extend beyond two weeks. 
Can it extend beyond two weeks if the Giants are super slow with him? Yeah, it can, but it's just highly unlikely at this point. I actually would anticipate that I think we'll see Barkley practice in limited fashion. They might actually even call him a game time decision next week. And then I think we will see him again in week seven. So this is another time. This this is a very rare window, in my opinion, for you to go grab Saquon Barkley. Acquire him on the cheap. Send them the outdated video of the two to four weeks from me in Rappaport. Whatever you got to do, go get Saquon Barkley. This is not, he's going to be fine. Let's talk about Kenny Galladay, knee hyperextension. Um, did you see this injury? I have not seen this injury, Joe, because as you know, I was over uh, in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I spent, a, I was at a conference there and I spent some time with Graham Barfield. Have you heard of Graham Barfield? He writes, uh, he, he writes Yards Created, Joe. Have you heard of that? Oh yeah, he's quasi well-known. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's a good guy. Anyway, yeah, so I was in Denver. I haven't been able to watch a lot of the games, but I have not seen the injury. Now, they did. I got really lucky because, as you know, I'm lazy, Joe. And um, the Giants have already labeled it as a hyperextended knee. That's not a diagnosis, but typically what you see with a hyperextended knee is something like with George Kittle last year. And even George Kittle in 2019, he had a hyperextended knee. It implies a lot of different structures. But the moral of the story is that this can result in about two to three weeks of lost time. It doesn't sound like it's that serious for Galladay. So I think at most he'll miss two games in a very similar fashion that George Kittle did in 20, I believe, 2020. Um, but it just doesn't seem like it's a big deal. And I do think that he can come back from it and be OK. Um, Kadarius Tony p- picked up an injury. Now, Edwin, I think he picked this up when making a catch down the sideline. A really good catch. He went to high point the ball. But you don't you don't you haven't really seen anything on it. And the Giants are being pretty vague about it. Yeah, they're being pretty vague about it. I know that the reports are that it's not that serious. Uh, They are calling it an ankle injury. So I will say at this point, um, I don't want to talk too much about it because obviously I haven't seen it. I need to go back and watch a lot of a lot of the games. So what I'll say is make sure to go to fantasypoints.com, go to the injury insights tab under the, the research tab. And I will update that as soon as I uh, watch that game and get a little yeah. bit of a clearer picture. But the Giants are not are making it seem like this is not a big deal. So I'll, I'll pinpoint it for you. I'll, pinpoint is the wrong word, but I'll, I'll estimate it for you. Um, I, I He was making a catch over a defender down the right sideline. Uh, it okay. was in the second half. Mike Lennon was already the quarterback. Um, and he was kind of high pointing it. And I remember he kind of hobbled off after. Um, so... That that's just something for you to look for. Uh, anyway, yes. um, Daniel Jones concussion. I mean, extremely scary. Um, obviously, he had no idea where he was after it. Um, that being said, Edwin, how it looks on the field doesn't always necessarily, actually, almost never translates. There's no. Let's put it this way: there's no correlation between how scary it looks on the field and how long it could take somebody to pass the protocol. That's correct. We used to believe that was the case with concussion specifically. We used to think that the intensity and the severity and what it appeared like mattered, but it really doesn't. And the thing with Daniel Jones is you we were talking before you hit record. I mean, we just need to let the guy get through protocol. Um, there's there's really nothing else you can do. The average amount of t- missed time for uh, concussion is roughly 0.86, so right under you know, right under a, a week or so. But I think that he'll have the time to, to, to get through. I do believe this is his first documented concussion, which tend to do a little better than a recurrent concussion. So I would anticipate that he'll be able to clear the concussion protocol in a very similar way that Teddy Bridgewater was. Let's take a look at a couple of Seattle Seahawks. Obviously the big one, he's never missed a game in his career, is Russell Wilson and Mallet Finger. When I heard that, I don't, I said, I don't know what it is, but ow. 
What is Mallet Finger? Doesn't Mallet Finger sound like the guy at your local bar who nobody ever wants to mess with? He <laughs> yeah, never actually talked to anybody. Yeah. That, <laughs> don't, that's what... don't go to don't go see Mal- Mallet Finger. Yeah. Oh, it reminds me with... of the uh, the Neil Young song Powder Finger. I have no idea who Neil Young is, Joe. So I, I will, but I'll placate you. Ha! That's funny. Yeah, Neil. Who's that? Who's Neil Young? You don't. You, you've never. I like. I, I can hear. See, maybe never hearing a Neil Young song, but you've never heard of Neil Young. I don't think I've ever heard of Neil Young, man. Like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Who? Good lord. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> well. Anyway, we can talk about. Holy Mal- shit. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> all right, and that, that's a that's a shock for me, man. <laughs> I just went to go see Graham. You're next on the list. You can tell me all about who's this Daniel Craig? Neil is, Young. Neil Young. Okay, you can. Tell oh me all about my him. Lanta! Holy you can tell crap! Me all about him. Okay, but, but, all right. I'm gonna mute myself for a little bit while I. <laughs> all right, talk about Mallet Finger. Mallet Finger. So essentially, what you saw with Russell Wilson is that he is unable to extend his middle finger backwards. His ba- his finger is essentially locked in the flexed position the bent position that it's in when he squeezes the football to try to throw it now that's a problem when you're trying to release the football and extend the finger the reason that happens is because he had some trauma that essentially ruptured that part of the the extensor the tendon of that extensor muscle there's really nothing we can do except wait they went in they said that it was a worse injury than they anticipated which is never a good thing and they pinned it together and they're just going to wait for it to heal at this point there's quite literally nothing they can do other than just wait, let him rest and reassess. And it sounds like they're going to try to reassess at four weeks. Joe, I wouldn't necessarily anticipate that this is going to be a four week injury. I would anticipate this is going to be closer to the six to eight mark. Usually I'm, as you know, I'm pretty optimistic with timelines. That's because NFL players, they just haven't, they're paid professionally to rehab from their injuries when they happen. But this is one that just takes a, a good amount of time and there's nothing else you can really do about it. You can't speed tissue healing. Um, if he comes back at four weeks, I, I think that I know you're going to see some deficits. And since the Seahawks decided, okay, let's just have the surgery. Let's make sure he gets healed up. There would be, it would make no sense. It'd be counterintuitive to bring him back at four weeks because all of the data and research that you look at, uh, shows that it, it's only, it's a six to eight week injury. So, I mean, and then you look at the Seahawks and the NFC West, probably the toughest division in football, who knows where the Seahawks will be at that point with the fight in Geno Smith. So I wouldn't anticipate. Uh, Russell Wilson being back until six or eight, six to eight. Yeah, weeks that's a shame. I mean, obviously, um, you know, he's going to get it. Well, he, he's he's the bubble guy, right? He's like the bubble. He he was the 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 oxygen bubbles helped him with the concussion or yeah. whatever. That was him. Uh, well, I don't know if uh, I don't know if oxygen guy. bubbles get to your fingers. That's hilarious. Um, we talked about that this weekend, Graham and I. We met. We mentioned that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they're going to get to his fingers. Um. If if Russell Wilson, hell, they run the ball a lot with Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson's out, I would anticipate they want to run the, they might run the triple option with Geno Smith, but Chris Carson's hurt as well. You had a take on Chris Carson. He's got a neck injury. That never sounds good. Um, what's, what's your read on Carson? Yeah, so of course I don't have the, you know, imaging and his clinical notes and stuff in front of me. What it sounds like when the reports are that he has a, a chronic neck issue is it sounds like he has what probably a lot of NFL running backs with any amount of mileage on them have. And that's probably an arthritic neck. That probably means that it's so the best way I can describe it and understand that I'm, I'm using an analogy. It's more of a parallel than it is a comparison is he has uh, what Todd Gurley has in his knee, except in his neck. It's a very common condition. It's especially among athletes who play contact sports. It's not doom and gloom. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, done forever. 
but it does mean uh, for dynasty purposes and even maybe for redraft purposes, like it is probably time to move on from Chris Carson. Once these issues become symptomatic, you ca- there's no rewind button. There's no reversal of it. You can manage it. But what teams will notice is that, okay, the less volume that we give him, the better off he's going to be. Let's start splitting carries. Maybe let's let's back off the goal line work. This is something that is not going away. It doesn't mean that's going to happen all in one swoop fall. But this is the beginning of what we're probably going to see, unfortunately, is the the fall off the cliff for for Chris Carson. I hope not, Joe. I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm I'm being you know sensationalist and that he end up, ends up being fine. But uh, I that that is the end result. Whether it happens tomorrow, if it happens in you know three four years, that is the end result when a, a, a player, any patient, anybody playing a contact sport has an arthritic neck. Yeah, and we've already seen Alex Collins get worked in, so I would have to anticipate that that is going to continue. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily sport fantasy sports site on the planet, and it's a daily fantasy sports operator offering a unique style of player props. One of the things we really love about MKF is that you simply don't have to spend all day analyzing salaries to create that one lineup that finally makes you a millionaire like other sites. The third biggest operator in DFS offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, and it constantly adds new sports to the mix to help keep things fresh for their more than 200,000 users. Case in point, fall of 2021, college football arrived, and we've heard rumblings of bowling, tennis, and fishing. Fishing! I don't know how that works. You can fish, you can fish on your boat while you listen to Neil Diamond there, Joe. Neil Young. Yeah, sorry. Neil Diamond... Neil Diamond has Sweet Caroline, which is like the worst song in the history of the planet. But oh my anyway. God. Okay, we're going to have continue with please continue with. Here's how it works. Fight. Pick a sport, select a game matchup, pick your fantasy contest, more or less rapid fire stat shootout are, are, are involved. Choose your buy in. And new users can use code FANTASYPTS to claim an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. That's 100% on $100. 100% on $100 is $100. New users also receive a free $5 just for signing up. So that's, let me see that, $105. So you get $5 for signing up. You put $100 in, you get 100% on the $100. That's $205. Head to www.monkeyknifefight.com and download the app on the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also find out more information on the Fantasy Points homepage. Remember to use code FANTASYPTS. You like Sweet Caroline, huh? Well, they play it at every Kansas State football game, man. It's like, it's nostalgia for me, you know? Sweet Caroline. They play it at all football games. That's why I hate it. No, it's That's why I hate it. No, and and everybody can join in. Bob, 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 right? uh, I went, so, let let me tell you something. There were, there were, well, there were more songs than just three songs banned from my wedding, but the three oh top ones that I said I would literally pull the plug on the DJ if he played were Sweet Caroline, Living on a Prayer, and Don't Stop Believing." Okay, those are the three. Okay, that's fair, because those are overdone. Those are very much overdone at any wedding. And, and, and the reason I hate them? Because they were played at Penn State football games. Ah, and, okay. and every bar band did them, and I just I, I didn't want to hear them anymore. Didn't, I don't hate Journey. I hate Bon Jovi. Like, That's fair. I like don't stop believing. I I just hate the song. But Journey is degrees of separation better than Bon Jovi. I just don't like that song. Anyway, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This one looked awful. 
Um, he's carried off the field. He's walking to the lot. He probably still hasn't made it to the x-ray room the way he was walking. <laughs> but it turns out, apparently, the injury is not as bad as it looked. Um, they're saying MCL sprain. Edwin, you've talked a lot about MCL sprains on this podcast. Yes, Joe. An MCL sprain is essentially going to result in roughly three to four weeks which is of lost time, which is what Ian Rappaport said. I wouldn't be shocked if they just went ahead and placed him on the IR uh, this is going to be something that he'll come back from and be okay. If you think of Nick Chubb from 2020, it's going to be very similar recovery. Um, if you think of even Jarvis Landry from this year, it's going to be a similar recovery to that. Uh, it looked really bad. He was pounding the table. I know people were concerned, but just like with the Barkley situation, it never looked, almost never is as bad as it looks. So um, I don't know where you stand with, with CEH on the rest of the season, Joe. Mm-hmm. He is, to me, somebody that I just can't figure out. I don't know how often sometimes I want him on my team. Sometimes I'm trying to get rid of 100 yard games and then he gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah, It's just one of those guys. It just feels like he's snake bit, man. It just, you know, Mahomes doesn't check the ball down and you know, he's had the fumbles and then when he starts getting going, then he gets hurt. It just, he just feels like one of those guys who you just, I, I mean, he's like super mixing in that he, he just feels like one of those guys who you finally get there with them and then something happens, but even, but the offense relies on him even less than Cincinnati's does with Mixon, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that there's been a lot of talk about like, remember when CEH was a luxury pick, but I actually think this shows that he was a luxury pick because they started splitting carries with him anyway, and they kind of do fine without him and they don't try to force feed him to get him into a rhythm or anything like that. So I, I think he really is pan. And the more I think about it, and Graham and I talked about that this weekend, I mean, he really was just a luxury pick. And and when you have a luxury pick like that, you don't need to force feed him to try to get him into a rhythm or anything. I mean, he's not Derrick Henry and he's never going to be. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, unfortunately for him. I mean, this is the guy I feel awful for. And the only, the only solace I have for Juju Smith-Schuster is how young he was when he came into the NFL. And he's going to have a shot to go out to the free agent market again. Unfortunately, because of COVID, because of the situation, he he wasn't getting the offers that he probably expected as a 24-year-old wide receiver on the open market. He goes back to Pittsburgh on a one-year cheap deal. Now he's out for the season. He might have to settle for that again. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, that sucks for Juju. Yeah, no, it does suck for Juju. Um, he essentially had a, a torn labrum, and it was worse than Baker Mayfield's. Uh, they decided that they needed to 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 take him to the hospital. So it was a significant injury. They went in there, they repaired it, and he's going to be out for, you know, this is going to be a four to six month recovery. You'll probably see him on TikTok and Instagram documenting the journey, Joe. But, you know, yeah, this sucks for a young receiver, but the best thing that you could possibly do is, is repair it now. There, he, has, he is at an increased risk to re-dislocate again. But, I mean, this is this is not the most common injury for receivers. I think he's going to be okay in the long run. But, yeah, for, for your dynasty, for you dynasty people, depending on what happens to him, and he's a volatile, he's kind of a volatile guy at this point. You don't know what's going to happen, sort of like like what you were, you were referring to. So, But all the best to him. Yeah, I mean, I just feel awful for um, uh, uh, Juju because he, he's he's a guy who really got screwed by the COVID situation. Um, I'm going to throw a couple more out here. How about a couple of tight ends, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey? They have different injuries, but obviously they were two of the top three drafted tight ends in fantasy football. Both of them got hurt. Uh, well, George Kittle didn't get hurt this past week, but he ended up on IR. And then Kelsey took a nasty pop at the end of that uh, Buffalo-Kansas City game. Yeah, when I was I was watching that, um, I did I was able to to watch that specific play on Kelsey, and I thought for a second that he was uh, going to come off with and be, get in the concussion protocol, but it ended up being a stinger, which is still a neck related injury. We know that because of Elijah Mitchell. 
85% of these, Joe, resolve in one hour. So this is unlikely to carry over unless it's more severe, unless it's a grade two, which is not so common. But we'll watch his practice reports. Um, this, all the same things that we've talked about with Elijah Mitchell, you know, numbness, tingling, weakness, mm-hmm. uh, neck pain, stuff that happens when you get these stingers typically resolves within uh, an hour and definitely within a week. So I wouldn't anticipate this is going to be something that, that holds him out for too long. That's good news for Travis Kelsey. Unfortunately for George Kittle, I mean, uh, Edwin, he's got to be one of the guys who, for you and your your ethos, injury prone doesn't matter. He's got to be one of the guys who, look, no faith is cha- is goes unchallenged, right? But he's got to oh, be I mean, one of the guys for whom it really challenges you. Yeah, and you know, he's an interesting case, Joe. And I think that, and I hate to speak in generalities, and I hate to not, uh, you know, give players the autonomy in these conversations. But George Kittle really is a guy that, in my opinion, the medical staff, the coaching staff, more more often than not, they need to save him from himself. Now, I don't know what I would do if I was in that position. I, I'm not in the room. I don't understand. But this is this is a handful of times now. How many times have you seen in the headlines that Kittle has this injury? He says he's going to try to play through it. Yeah. And and 50% of the time, he does. And that's the problem with George Kittle. Like, he's not Superman. And if at, at some point, if I were, if I were his PT whatever, I would try to have the conversation of like, man, you can, you can play a long time in the NFL as a tight end. Like you don't need to be Superman every week. And this is sort of a soapbox of mine, but he just, so he played through this calf injury. He, I mean, he almost scored a touchdown. So it's not like he can't fight through these things, but then you turn around and now he's on the IR. So it's just a frustrating situation. Like he's hurt. And I just don't see that he gives himself and his body the time to heal. So anyway, that's, that's a long tirade all to say he's on the IR now. I do think that, he, that the, by the time that uh, week, because what were we in now? Like he missed five. I think by the time week eight rolls around, he, he's going to be ready. Um, but yeah, that's my take on, on George Kittle. My Peloton instructors, Edwin, uh, like they have when 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 they have recovery rides, and they're always they're always chirping about how recovery rides are good, and they and I I always think they're just saying that to make me feel better for being lazy on a given day, but I guess it does matter, right? Yes, I mean, it does matter, Joe. You you should give yourself listen. You should give yourself at least one rest day per week. And I know when you with you, you know you're cranking and pumping that iron. I know you're maxing out 500 pound squats. I know that you're riding up and down hills 40 miles every every couple of days. So even you, Joe, you, you're the ultimate Ironman, and I know you are. You need to give yourself rest days, man. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll take a recovery ride today. You know, I just took, I, I took the FTP test on Saturday, and I wanted to effing die. Uh, uh, I don't know like, what the FTP test is. Fun- functional threshold uh, power. Ah, oh, holy cow. What that, That's like a really quick one. Like, that like the Wingate? Like where they it's just like have you pump 20, out? Of it's 20 minutes, and you go all out for 20 minutes. Ah, yes. That's and I was, I was like making noises that I did not know I could make. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Edwin, uh, my wife is already yelling at me because when, when I, one of the, uh, things that when I got the Peloton that she made me promise was I wouldn't post about it on social media. The she Peloton, want me to be, Joe. She doesn't want me to be a Pelo bro, but, Well, uh, you are already. I think Ed, Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy at FantasyPoints.com. Follow him on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Check out all of his injury insights at FantasyPoints.com. They are free, but if you want to subscribe to the site and get more, 21 Porras 10. We're already 25% discounted, Edwin, because we're 25% of the way through the season, including playoffs. So, why not just sign up and get an extra 10% off with 21 Porous 10. That's P-O-R-R-A-S. 21, the number 21. Porous, then the number 10. It is awesome talking to you, Edwin. Thank you very much, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week, Joe.
Go sleep it off, buddy. Uh, ben Kukanis with a word from our sponsors. Then we'll be back with Tom Brawley. Thank you, Ben, and welcome, Tom. Tom Brawley here from FantasyPoints.com to break down the waiver wire here in week six. Tom, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley, by the way. Tom, it's good to be with you. Um, I know you are happy. You are Mr. Uh, you do the, uh, basically, the the shell, the, the shell, uh, the shell is the wrong term, but you do the bulk of the waiver wire. John comes in and puts the finishing touches on it. You're like the... You're like the uh, uh, the dental technician, like when you go in yes. for a cleaning. And then, and then the dentist, he comes in there, slaps your back, and says, hey, you know, you look pretty I'm good here. Good. We, we should maybe get this checked up again. But, yeah, I I, I write up, uh, you know, the Thursday night, uh, 1 p.m., 4 p.m. games, if you're yeah. reading the, uh, you know, reading the guys in the article. And I kind of prep the art, you know, put it, you know, I get the, the basic shell of it, and then, John puts the finishing touches on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's kind of how the it's how it's uh, it worked operates. For years. Yes. That's how it's so, worked for years. And uh, t- 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 Joe, you know uh, this. This is a big week. It's the start of buys. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a, we, our favorite time of the year. So, uh, you know, it gets a little tougher for fantasy, though. You know, we got the A little Falcons. tougher for fantasy. But that's what that's what we're here to help. But, I mean, we're losing over 10% of our workload this week. That is huge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, and we're also losing, you know, 10% of the uh, the field of eligible players here. So, let's, let's go over who's out here. We got yeah. the Falcons. We got the Saints. We got the Jets and we got the 49ers. So, you know, not a whole lot of uh, fantasy relevant guys, especially, you know, the Saints. God, they have Kamara. Uh, you know, Falcons, it's Pitts and Ridley. You know, Jets, it's nobody. So, uh, not, you know, this is a pretty light uh, week here to start it off in terms of, uh, you know, fantasy relevant guys that are out of the lineup here. Uh, all right. So let's talk. Let's start just like I started with Edwin on the injury podcast. Just blanket the Giants. Uh, I mean, their entire roster's injured. Um, so there's going to be multiple fantasy options from the Giants. Now, Tom, let's start with Canarius Tony. It looks like he's going to be questionable here for week six. Um, I don't like, honestly, if he is questionable for week six, that at least maybe gives you a chance to go a little bit cheaper on him for fab, but he should be rostered in every league at this point yeah. because Kenny Galladay might miss some time here. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was a first round pick. Uh, you know, people kind of cold on him this summer because he was having all kinds of like weird, you know, issues with the team. Like he was away from them for personal matters. And uh, I think there was something about his spikes were screwed up in the, you know, OTAs and he missed time. It was a, you know, a whole bunch of weird stuff. And of course, he, uh, the first real action he gets, he like headbutts like a, a personnel guy on the sidelines, you know, total accident. And then he gets ejected for throwing punches. It it looks like he won't get suspended for that. But he uh, he's you know a firecracker out there. I think that's what John texted us on Sunday. He's a firecracker out there. So. It, are the Giants incapable of drafting a normal wide receiver? Exactly. Yeah, that's he total like Odell vibes. You know, I'm not, I I don't get the sense he's like a diva yet. But, I mean, I'm sure that's just a that's a coming. Of time. Yeah, that's just a matter of time. But uh, he's a wild man out there. But uh, you know, he's. He was making plays right away. He's, you know, separating from defenders, you know, with his route running and, you know, eating up yards after the catch. So uh, you know, they have to keep, you know, he's he's a big play waiting to happen. So they have to keep him involved. Uh, he's a guy, even if it looks like he might not play this week, I, I want him on my rosters for the rest of the season. He's He's got like, you know, potential league winning upside. Uh, you know, you know, you brought up Odell earlier there like how he came on you know 
you know, after a couple of weeks uh, being quiet and injured during his rookie season. So, you know, I don't know if he's got that kind of ceiling, but uh, this is a guy you could, you know, pick up off the waiver wire and, uh, you know, plug into your wide receiver three spot and get you a ton of points here. So, uh, you know, the setup might be pretty good here this week too. As you said, Galladay might be out. Barkley might be out. Uh, you know, they're, they're 10, 11 point underdogs to the Rams. So they could, you know, could be a kind of like last week's game script with a lot of passing. And uh, he certainly showed, you know, working with Mike Lennon uh, in the backups for, you know, during training camp and uh, whenever he was around for offseason workouts, he, he definitely had a connection with Glennon. So, uh, you know, if Glennon, it, even if Glennon is forced to make another start here with after Daniel Jones's big hit, uh, I, I wouldn't be scared away from Tony this week. Yeah, um, and the, the Giants are playing the Rams, so obviously they're going to have to score some points. The Rams, obviously, with their pass defense being so strong, though, Tom, have been kind of a run funnel. Um, and that opens it up for Devontae Booker, who could be getting a start this week. I just talked about it with Edwin. He reiterated. He said he thinks the Saquon injury looked way worse than it was. Um, but at this point, I would be expecting Devontae Booker to lead the backfield for at least this week. Yeah, I, maybe you know, maybe we'll be able to get Barkley back uh, for week seven. But yeah, that 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 injury looked horrific. Uh, you know, I, I've had one of those low bad low low bad ankle sprains before, and um, you know, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. Uh, he'll he'll need to obviously rest it up here for the next uh, next couple of weeks. But the problem is that you know they might drop to one and five, and he's kind of like the franchise player, so they might take a more cautious approach. So. I would be I would be preparing for him to be out for at least two games here. Uh, maybe we'll get lucky and he you know he only misses a game. But uh, Booker, you know there was some questions. They made him an inactive uh, in like week three, I believe, because uh, they wanted to get uh, Gary Brightwell and Eli Penny up. But uh, he was back to being active uh, the last two weeks, and they clearly showed that he's he's the guy in the backfield. Yeah. They, they they didn't. Uh, they gave one carry to Eli Penny, and uh, Brightwell didn't even get a touch in that game. So uh, maybe that changes a little bit this week. You know, maybe those guys get worked in a little bit more. You know, we'll we'll touch on the Chicago backfield. Uh, you know, with a week of preparation to get more guys involved, but uh, I, I would anticipate Booker. You know, probably getting at least sixty-five to seventy percent of the snaps in that backfield. And um, you know, it has been a run funnel defense, but. Uh, he showed he, he can catch the ball a little bit too. I, I think he scored a, a receiving touchdown in that game. So uh, he can, he could get done as a receiver as well. If that game gets a little bit out of hand against the Rams. Well, you did mention Tom, obviously Saquon Barkley's hurt here. Um, you know, uh, guys are going on by uh, Alvin Kamara's going on by the Falcons guys are going on by this week. You know, Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell's going on by, you might need a running back. Even if you don't have Barkley, uh, even if you don't have Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and that seg- segues me into Darrell Williams, who probably, probably will be the Chiefs' lead back while Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out for the next few weeks. Yeah, there's a li- I just saw a report this morning that uh, from Jeremy Fowler that they're looking into Marlon Mack. Uh, you know, they've been showcasing him a little bit. Another guy to, you know, stash away. You know, he got an initial little ownership burst there. Uh, for a couple of weeks, but, you know, he's been dropped again. So, you know, might want to stash him away for these running back needy teams. But uh, even if they would trade for him, uh, you know, he he would need a little bit of time to get uh, adjusted to the playbook. And I don't think Andy Reid would stick him out there for very, very much. And uh, Darrell Williams has kind of showed over the last 
you know, parts of the last three seasons that, you know, Andy Reid loves this guy. He, uh, he, he puts him out there in big situations. He started to, you know, the last couple of weeks with Edwards Hilaire to get entire series. And, uh, you know, he scored a, you know, scored a rushing touchdown at the goal line in week four. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of earned the trust. He, he'll be the, the top runner. We know it's the Chiefs. They don't run it that much, but, you know, he should be, you know, he should be good for 12 carries a game in this offense and uh, contribute a few catches per game. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll also work Jarek McKinnon in. He, yeah, he's going to be, you know, more in the passing game. Uh, you know, so if you miss out on any of those other guys, maybe you put in a, like a, a dollar fab b- uh, bid on him and, uh, you know, maybe he can get you a couple catches if you're truly desperate. But uh, I would I would expect it to be uh, like a, a 60 percent for Daryl Williams and, you know, McKinnon, you know, mixing in there for 35 to 40 percent of that offense. I mean, Tom, th- these are the weeks now, you know, we made it through week one through five. And, and I understand there's a lot of people out. You're probably huffing and puffing. You're puffing your chest. Oh, man, I'm four and one. I'm, yeah. My team's great. These are the weeks where sometimes getting six or seven PPR points out of your second running back spot are the difference between a win and a loss. Yes, th- this is whenever it gets a little bit more difficult here. The the depth that your team has tested here, uh, you know, this is always the time of year whenever, you know, injuries really start to set in here. Uh, and then the buys hit you at the same time. So uh, the depth will be tested here starting this week. Uh, let's go to some other running backs who can help you out here over the next couple weeks. And, I mean, Tom, I think Alex Collins is probably rostered in your league. Mm-hmm. At this point, uh, I know you probably had him on the waiver wire this week just as a this is a last call. But Edwin, Edwin's not writing doom and gloom for uh, for Chris Carson, but he says he doesn't think this thing's going away. And they could limit him. They could rest him. He could miss games. Alex Collins should be rostered in your fantasy football league. Yeah, even if they... You know, even if he does continue to play a lot, you know, I, I think he's going to be a factor anyway going forward. So, especially in like a non-PPR format, uh, maybe he finds the end zone. And I think he's going to start seeing like eight to ten carries next to Chris Carson anyway here. So, uh, Carson had a nice start to the season, but uh, he's definitely trending down here. And uh, you, you got to be worried about that yeah, that arthritic uh, neck issue popping back up later this season. Um, you know, this, this is the offense, you know, we, we just lost Russell Wilson in Seattle. It's going to be going to Geno Smith. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, this is an offense that doesn't like to drop back, uh, 35 plus times a game if they can avoid it anyway. And now you throw Geno Smith into the mix and, uh, you know, I think they, they're going to try to skew a little bit more, uh, yeah. run heavy than they, they even have with, you know, Russell Wilson in the lineup and, and they do go against the Steelers this week. Uh, not exactly an offense that can uh, run out and build up a big lead on you. So they, they, they'll be able to give the, the, the ball to Collins and uh, Chris, Car- uh, Chris Carson quite a bit here, uh, at least in week six. Uh, surprisingly, maybe, uh, Al, uh, it, it, for Chicago with David Montgomery on the IR, Khalil Herbert outsnapped and outcarried Damian Williams in week number uh, five. Tom, I do have to say that was almost certainly a game script thing. Uh, they they had the lead basically from the get-go over the Raiders. Um, and I think Khalil Herbert will probably take a back seat when the Bears are in a negative game script, which one would anticipate they will have this week against Green Bay. 
But that being said, Tom, he looked pretty damn good out there. They traded for Jakeem Grant specifically to get him off of returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and they clearly had a plan for him in the uh, in the game plan uh, that, that last week against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, we definitely learned. Yeah, that, that good point on the game script there. Because, yeah, I mean, this week it's probably not going to come into – in, into play, they're, they're four to five point underdogs against the Packers. Uh, probably going to be pressed to throw a little bit more. But, you know, if any time here over the next month, uh, it looks like they might play with a lead. It looked like Herbert was kind of their closer, as you might say, in the in the fourth quarter and getting heavy carries. And I, I think they do prefer Damian Williams more in that passing rule. But, you know, this even if, you know, they haven't been throwing it very much with Justin Fields anyway. So they want to run it as much as possible. Uh, Fields hasn't topped uh, 20 pass attempts in a game here in his first three starts, so uh, I think he's going to be a factor here next to Damian Williams. We, we, you know, I think most people picked up Damian Williams, thought he might be good for you know 65 percent of the snaps in that backfield, but uh, really wasn't that way. Maybe it will be closer to that this week yeah. uh, with the Bears likely playing from behind in the second half against the uh, the Packers, uh, depending on the the game script here this week, but. Uh, either way, it shows that Herbert is going to get some uh, meaningful carries. And, and he's a guy that they, uh, you know, Adam Kaplan told us about, you know, in August. You know, they were that, – that coaching staff was very happy with him. And uh, I can see why. He, he performed pretty well in that first appearance. You know, his first real meaningful action as a rookie here. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes who have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Simple enough, Thrive has over 140 thousand dollars guaranteed in prizes for an NFL week six and has already awarded over four million dollars and our staff at fantasy points will be posting their favorite thrive fantasy picks each week on the site new users can use promo code fantasy points when you sign up and will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100 that's fantasy points Spell it out in full. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Google Play Store or by visiting thrivefantasy.com. Tune into the Extra Points live stream every Sunday morning to find out some of our favorite Thrive Fantasy props for the day. Sign up and prop up today. Tom, uh, we were wondering when it was going to happen. Arizona's red hot. They've got weapons across the field. Um, uh, Max Williams just went out with a knee injury. He was actually uh, emerging as a pretty key weapon for them. But I believe this week was the week Rondale Moore has run more routes than Christian Kirk. It was a matter of time. It happened. Rondale Moore could be a big-time game-changer for fantasy. Yeah. Well, I uh, I, I don't want to get too uh, out over the skis, but he definitely he he has the look. He, uh, he, he almost scored a touchdown in that game on, in Week 5. Uh, you know, saw 48% of the snaps. Uh, you know, still not a great number, but whenever he's on the field, uh, Kingsbury is definitely scheming touches for him and trying to get the ball. You know, and then this offense has been spreading it around. You know, this isn't, uh, you know, previous offenses with DeAndre Hopkins where he's just absolutely hogging the ball the entire time. So uh, Moore is definitely moving up in the world. And, you know, if Max Williams, uh, you know, his 
Is it a season ending? I, I haven't actually seen yes, it. Yes, season ending. Okay, it, it looked pretty bad on Sunday. I, I assumed it was... Seemed like he was a popular player, too. I mean, the whole team was out there talking to him. Um, um, Cardinal, it, Cardinal the beat writers... change because of that. I mean, I think that they're yeah. probably going to have to play more four wide receivers. You know, I, I don't think... I think coming into the season, they were planning to play more four wide receiver sets, and then Max Williams played well in the first four weeks of the season. It gives and- you a little bit more scheme diversity too. If you have, you can have a tight end out there, you know, mm-hmm. Tom, like, like I was saying, like Cardinal beat writers are saying, don't underestimate this. This is a bigger loss than you might think. Yeah. And I think more is probably the biggest beneficiary beneficiary from the move. Uh, I would think that the, you know, it hurts the running backs a little bit, but uh, more should see more playing time, more routes and hopefully more touches here. So uh, if you cooled off of them, uh, you know, after that big blow-up spot in week two against the Jaguars, um, you know, he's down to he's – he's about 40% owned. So he's probably taken in most uh, – you know, most you – know, at least a lot of the 12-team leagues. But uh, he's definitely back on the radar here. And uh, if you're playing in a 10-team, 10-team league, I'd definitely take a little flyer on him. Uh, so there might be some tight ends, Tom. Max Williams was somebody we talked about last week. Um And we're talking guys who are free, like they're going to be out there. And I don't think guys are going to be, you know, spending a lot of fab budget like they might've done with Dawson Knox, Dan Arnold and Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, Urban Meyer traded a pedigree top 10 corner for Dan Arnold. I mean, they got him involved and he fumbled early in that game and he's still out there leading the team in targets in week five, Dan Arnold and Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, I think Arnold is probably the better full season option, but uh, but both of those guys are are available in, in almost all leagues. Yeah, trading a top ten uh, corner for Dan Arnold isn't even in, in like the top five most bizarre things that Urban Meyer has top done, ten so. draft pick. Let's not say C.J. Henderson's a top ten corner, but he's a pedigree. Corner yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I meant a top ten draft pick. In terms yeah, of, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but he Arnold, you know, it was promising. Yeah, they played that Thursday night game. Uh, he literally got traded, I think, that Monday afternoon. And he went out and caught two passes, and he was on the field for like 30% of the snaps. I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him in deeper leagues here. And uh, yeah, and that then he got an extra 10 days to prepare. He wasn't out at the bar, you know, getting grounded on. He was out there studying his playbook, uh, and he, uh, you know, got out there and played 73% of the snaps and saw a bunch of targets in week five. So uh, Marvin Jones has kind of kind of disappeared here the last two weeks. Uh Surprisingly, with you know DJ Chark out of the lineup, uh, Lavisca Chanel is you know his you know his targets and production is all over the map. So maybe Arnold be, can become a bit of a you know a safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence here in the middle of the field. Uh, you know I, I don't think he's going to lead the team in targets every week, but maybe he can start to sit in that like five to seven target range uh, every week going forward. And you know that's that's pretty solid right now for like a low end tight end one or like a high-end tight end, too. So you know, there's not a whole lot of options out there at the position. And uh, anytime we can get a guy that's getting decent targets every week, uh, we have to consider him at this point. Uh, and uh, Ricky Seals-Jones might fill in for another couple of weeks. Yeah, he's uh, he basically just stepped right into Logan Thomas's role. Uh, they didn't split up the snaps at all. Uh, he was out there basically on every snap. And uh, he, I mean, he might be... One of the he might be the top tight end target this week, but he had a, a bit of bad luck. He uh, saw a couple end zone targets, uh, nearly uh, brought one of them in, and then he had a 44 yard catch that was negated by a offensive penalty. So uh, he, he was pretty close to having you know a massive game, and 
being one of the top tight end scorers of uh, last week. So he's going to probably fly a bit more under the radar than he should just because, you know, his line, you know, five for 41, you know, it's not, you know, not overly impressive, but he was really close to having a big game. So uh, definitely uh, in your deeper formats, he should be a guy that should be picked up. He's Tom Brawley. I'm Joe Dolan at Tom Brawley on Twitter. 21 Brawley 10 gets you 10% off on top of the 25% off we already have at fantasypoints.com. Say you want to run away from the pack. You want to say, you know what? I'm four and one. I'm in first place. I just want, I, I want to take off. Sign up for fantasypoints.com. Maybe you're one and four, two and three, and you're like, this is my last shot. Sign up for fantasypoints.com. Number 21, Brawley, number 10. 10% on top of the 25% you're already taking off. He's at Tom Brawley on Twitter. I'm at FG underscore Dolan on Twitter. The site is at, at FantasyPTS on Twitter. Thanks to Edwin Porras. Thanks to Ben Kukanis. Thanks to Tom Brawley. I hope everybody has a wonderful week number six. We're glad the buys are here. I know it makes things tough for you, but it makes it easier for us, and that's what matters to us. Have a good week, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform, and come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. 